Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steelers cast on timesonline.com. I'm Steelers beat writer Chris Bradford. Joined today in Latrobe St. Vincent College on the last day of training camp, Chris Mueller. Chris, we made it through. It's been uh, three long weeks here in sunny Latrobe. Yeah. How'd, how's your experience been? Oh, it's been great. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, we've got we've got everything we need here from the uh, beautiful confines of St. Vincent College to Sharkies. To well, let's the, not forget Sharkies. That's, let's that's not a key. forget Sharkies and all the uh, extracurricular activities that take place outside in the beautiful... Uh, it's the team bonding. Yeah, team, team bonding. bonding, media bonding, just a great community environment here uh, at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Yeah, this is the final day. We've had a, kind of a strange week here uh, to close out training camp. You have, we had a practice uh, canceled because of rain. They had to move it inside to the Cary Center, the basketball uh, court. That was a pretty strange sight. I haven't seen that one yet, but uh, a Apparently that's been done in years past. We had a, a morning practice the other day because they had a threat of rain. They had to move things up a little bit. Uh, you know, no shortage of drama around this team. You know, it seems. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back, there's several months now going on with you know Martavis Bryant, the Le'Veon Bell suspension. Then we got the, this week uh, we got the James Harrison situation where he's facing a, a possible suspension if he doesn't uh, cooperate with the league's investigation into the PED use. What do you make of that that whole situation? To me, it's just very, very strange. It just it to me, it just looks like the NFL is really trying to flex its muscles and kind of you know show show the NFL Players Association who's boss and you know kind of uh, similar things like that. And I mean, really, I just think it's going to take James. I mean, it's going to take James Harrison meeting with them, regardless. I mean, I don't think yeah, it's going another. To re- I don't think another re- resolution is going to come about unless he just you know uh, just. Take, like takes his lumps and goes and just doesn't get to over. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate because I do believe Harrison is in the right here. I, I don't yeah. blame him for not cooperating. I don't blame Tom Brady for not cooperating with the league. Right. You know, I think they the, the NFL Players Association does have a legitimate gripe that uh, Roger Goodell has too much power. Yeah. Uh, I don't think James Harrison is going to get his wish to have this uh, meeting with the NFL with Roger Goodell. It's not going to be with the commissioner. Take place at his house. And, yeah, it's certainly not going to be at the whatever mansion James is residing in uh, nowadays. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, he, they're going to have to have some kind of meeting, and he's going to have to, you know, kind of, as you said, take his lumps and, and meet with them. Uh, I don't know how long you could suspend somebody for this. I, I would take yeah. it. I would take it to court if I were him. And I mean, how? De- and then just imagine how if he were to refuse to meet with Roger Goodell, just how much of a circus and drama that would create having him be suspended. I think it's by August 25th he has to meet right. with the NFL. And if not, it's just going to create a distraction that he doesn't want to bring to the Steelers. The Steelers certainly don't want, and certainly one that they don't need yeah, with I all just, the other things going on. I've never understood why the league has pursued this matter as aggressively as they, as they have. You know, I, I was we were kind of waiting on the first day of training camp when they reported would there be guys, you know, with sunglasses and you know talking in their watches like Secret Service escorting Harrison away, you know, for this uh, this big meeting that it's been a non-story for three weeks, and then all of a yeah. sudden it, it comes up. Uh, the NFL, as you say, flexing its muscle. You know, the NFL has a drug policy. They do test for HGH. Why don't they test? Why don't they trust their own process instead yeah. of we're taking the word of some loser out in Indianapolis who's you know living in his mother's basement? The kids <laughs> recanted the story. Yeah. Why is this even a story? I have no idea. And then it's it's just I find it ironic. James Harrison posted a video on Facebook this morning that he was subjected to a random yeah. drug test. No coincidence. Ran- keyword random. Like, and it's just. You know. I think anytime James is involved, you know, whether he likes it or not, you know, he's kind of he's not gonna win any popularity contest with the league office for some of the words that he's said over the years and yeah. 
against Roger Goodell. You know, he's brought some of this on uh, on himself, but you know that doesn't explain Julius Peppers or Clay Matthews. You know, uh, Peyton Manning gets exonerated. Go figure. You know, he's kind of the league's golden boy. Oh well, yeah, because they they know he's going to be a general manager slash president in a few years, and they don't want anything you know to tarnish his reputation. Yeah, right? the the other story that we were talking about uh, some of the drama that's happened this week is the situation with Ladarius Green, the tight end. The Steelers signed him obviously for uh, four years and twenty million dollars. Hasn't been on a practice field. A report comes out, uh, NFL.com, that uh, Green is suffering not from the ankle uh, surgery that he's been recovering from the past seven and a half months, but possibly the uh, concussion symptoms. Yeah. You know, he missed two games last season, but then he did finish out the season until the final week he had the ankle, and, and uh -huh. that you know ended his season. But it seems like nobody's on the same page here as to exactly what the story is with Ladarius Green. And if they are on the same page, they're just not letting it get out, which is, you know, I think is the really concerning thing to me is that, you know, once this, this whole concussion uh, story did come out, people really started to backtrack and look at the, the seriousness of the, the injuries he sustained last year. And he suffered two concussions within a, a two-week span with the Chargers, which, you know, that's that can't that's be taken lightly. And then when there are talks about recurring headaches coming up, you know, now, you know, what is this, almost a year removed from from that, you know, maybe 10 months, it's, it's not something to be taken lightly. And it could potentially really uh, devastate the Steelers if it if it is indeed as serious as it is. Yeah, there's been some talk that it could be career-ending. That remains to be seen. Ladarius Green is still here in training camp. Uh, yeah. We saw him earlier today. I, you know, I think this is potentially a really big loss for the Steelers when we, we look at what's going to happen on the field. You know, obviously coming into the season, we said, you know, how did the Steelers replace Martavis Bryant, who picks up that production? Bryant had you know, 14 touchdowns in 21 games, was averaging like 70 yards uh, per game. You know, Ladarius Green and Sammy Coates were supposed to be those two, two guys who were kind of help make up for that. And I thought Ladarius Green was going to be that tight end that kind of moved the Steelers kind of into the 1990s at least in, in terms of the tight end play, you know, because, you know, for 11 years, 12 years, they had Heath Miller, you know, kind of the traditional blocking tight end, yeah. you know, and I was really interested to see how Ladarius Green fit into this system. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree. And then it's where do they move forward? Do the Steelers, there are potentially talks if he were to retire, the Steelers could cut him and try to, uh, you know, somehow make up some of that $4 million signing bonus that they had. It's just a tricky situation. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers are, are any, you know, financial uh, straits here because of this situation. I mean, he wasn't hurt playing for the Steelers, so I, I'd imagine, you know, under some sort of NFL lemon law, my papers go flying here, you, you would think under some sort of lemon laws, you know, that they could recoup the, the signing bonus or most of it, I would think. Uh, if that would happen, but I think that the bigger concern is a for Green, if you know, if his career is somehow in jeopardy, uh -huh. and then not you know, secondary maybe, not maybe for most fans, but secondary is what is what's going to happen on the field at the tight end position because when you look, you know, what's left there without Ladarius Green is a lot of youth. Yeah, and, and a lot of uncertainty when you have Jesse James and Xavier Grimble, two young raw. Uh, there are they are talented, but they are raw and. You've seen the mistakes throughout camp so far from both of them, whether it's James, you know, with more in the blocking aspect or Xavier Grimble, uh, you know, with the drops, which he's had. And it's just, you know, it, it remains to be seen what they can do. But the, at least the benefit of having Green out right now is the amount of reps both of them are receiving. Yeah, I think this the Green situation really has taken the Steelers a little bit off guard. You know, you look at some of the, the adversity they've they've had, you know, with uh, suspensions or injuries. You know, they, the Steelers have been able to safeguard themselves against those things, these scenarios. You know, with Martavis Bryant, they, they drafted Sammy Coates unexpectedly. 
uh, in the third round, but there was a reason why, because they, they kind of knew that the yeah. trouble may be coming. You know, with Le'Veon Bell facing the suspension last year, they signed D'Angelo Williams. You know, when Heath Miller retired, they signed Ladarius Green, and that's it. There's nothing behind Ladarius Green. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at that position. Do they go out and get somebody? Does Ladarius Green ever play again? Uh -huh. It kind of remains to be seen. Uh, the other situation I thought that was uh, interesting was uh, at least another bit of drama for the Steelers this week has been the, the Bruce Gradkowski situation. Yeah. Uh, the veteran quarterback has the hamstring injury. You know, we all thought that his career might be over with the shoulder injury. Turns out. It might be the hamstring. Uh, no, yeah, it was his first drive against the Lions. He, I mean, apparently he just he was it was on a quarterback scramble. I think it was a two-yard scramble. Something popped, and next thing you know, he's out for the game. I mean, potentially his career. Yeah, I thought his career might be over to begin with because was, <laughs> we've seen him in camp, and obviously the the shoulder's not where it really needs to be. We, we asked yeah. you know, Randy Fickner about it. I asked Gradkowski about it, and you kind of got the sense that. Uh, you know that's not quite there yeah. you know maybe with more time it would be better but you know we're talking eight months after a surgery or if not longer we've had one year for him with the surgery uh doesn't look real good for him now they're saying his uh, return is going to be measured in weeks you know and that leaves you know a vacancy for the Steelers I'm su really surprised they haven't made a move yet to uh bring in a veteran know, haven't placed him on IR or brought in a, a veteran guide you know to, to fill up the to some of the training camp reps because you know Landry Jones they used almost exclusively last year and then we got uh, Dustin Vaughn I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Dustin Vaughn yeah. and, and some of the, the players uh, that the Steelers are going to be using here in, in the second preseason game uh, stay tuned right, welcome back to the Steelers cast on timesonline.com Chris Bradford joined by Chris Mueller here in Latrobe Steelers coming up on another game week this is the second preseason game they will host the Philadelphia Eagles at Heinz Field uh, coach Mike Tomlin saying earlier today that uh, he's going to you know, keep all of his offensive stars pretty much out of this one also, you know, including Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, uh, Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams. I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought they may play some of those guys. I mean, I don't <clears> – <throat> personally, I don't see the the real importance of, of getting a guy like – I mean, obviously, Ben. He's not going to play. There's not no. much need for him. Well, he's going to be used sparingly, if, yeah, if at all. Yeah, Antonio Brown as well. I mean, we've so seen what he's done in practice. With Le'Veon Bell, I, I mean – and I, I did listen when – in the Tomlin press conference, he did make a good point, is that there's two guys behind him that could really use his reps in Fitzgerald Toussaint and uh, Dale Richardson, two guys that are could potentially be fighting for that third running back position. Yeah. And really, you know, it, their next three games determine if they'll make the team. Yeah, these preseason games really aren't about the veterans. It's really more about, you know, seeing some of the younger guys and what they can do uh, in, in some of these game action situations. And you mentioned uh, Daryl Richardson. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, one guy who really stood out Friday night in that in the loss to Detroit. I thought his stock uh, is up. Yeah, no, it is, and, and this is the other thing you have to take into account. If indeed uh, Bell is suspended for the first four games, Toussaint and Richardson's role is going to be increased in, in those first four games. I mean, obviously D'Angelo Williams will take the brunt of the carries and everything, but I mean. There's a, there's a greater importance for them now than there was before. It might be part of the reason why Tomlin's trying to get them as many reps as possible. Yeah, during training camp, it seems like some guys will flash, you know, for one week. It seemed like last week it was uh, Brandon Brown, Dukes, BBD. Uh, yeah. This week has been more Dow Richardson. You know, I, th I think at the end of the day, after Bell and Williams, you know, Fitzgerald Toussaint is most likely the number three. Uh, you know, he had he had the fumble in the Denver game, but he did a lot of good things. He's you know, proven on a big stage to do some good things. Compared you know? to the rest, he's almost a proven commodity. Uh, the running back position is, is still fairly deep for the Steelers. You know, even with without uh, without Bell in there, 
uh, one of the other guys that stood out on Friday night in that uh, game against Detroit, and not for reasons he would probably like, is Sammy Coates. Uh-huh. In uh, a negative put the, way. Put the ball on the ground twice. Yeah. And that's the one thing that Mike Tomlin said uh, before the last preseason game and, and going into this week's game against Philadelphia. You know, one of the things he looks for is, you know, he doesn't want to see turnovers. And, uh-huh. and that's one thing that uh, gets you in a doghouse pretty quickly. Yeah, and with Sammy Coates, I mean, he's been really talked about as one of the guys that could come in, as you said earlier, and uh, replace Martavis Bryant. And some days in practice, you know, we do think he can be a legitimate number three receiver, even a number two receiver based on what Marcus Wheaton is doing. Other days, he's dropping balls, he's making mental errors, and he, he's not the same person. I mean, I think the, the consistency factor with him is what he needs needs to improve uh, going forward. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on, on uh, Sammy Coates because I think everyone has kind of you know penciled him in to be a star almost. And we, I, you said number three. I think he's got to eventually have to be the number two. Yeah. I think you know he fits more of the mold uh, size-wise. You know, I think he is a pretty good complement to Antonio Brown. He's you know brings a, a different skill set. He you know he has speed. The kid uh-huh. does have a lot of speed. Uh, he's got a little more size. Uh, I like Marcus Wheaton. But I see him more as kind of the slot receiver type. Uh, he's in the final year of his contract. You know, I, I can see him having sort of the Emmanuel Sanders uh, okay. story. Yeah. You know, where maybe his best days might not be in Pittsburgh, but mm-hmm. he's going to do enough to earn himself a really good paycheck probably yeah. uh, when this season is over. So how would you shake out the wide receiver corpse? Because you, I mean, obviously AB is number one. Then you have a either Hayward Bay, Wheaton, Coates. And then you also have Eli Rogers to take into effect someone who's had a great camp and really has been used primarily in the slot. Yeah, I think, you know, of everybody in this training camp, I think Eli Rogers has been maybe the, the, the star, if you will. Yeah, one I, of them. I think he's, uh, you know, he's done everything, I think, to pretty much solidify his spot as the fifth receiver. Uh, he played pretty well in a Friday night in Detroit. Uh-huh. Just a matter of him continuing it. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be – or how much, uh, con- how much of a contributor he'll be during the season, you know, because we're looking at a fifth receiver. Yeah. Uh, but you got to be impressed with what we've seen. Yeah, and the Steelers love putting him right across the middle. I mean, I think him and Roethlisberger has found him numerous times. I mean, in that, in, in the two-minute drill especially, I mean, I think he has definitely has the ability uh, to move up into the slot at some point based off what happens, what shakes out during the regular season. You know, another position that the Steelers we've been talking about a lot has been the left tackle. Uh, we've seen Ryan Harris take uh, reps with the first team. We've seen Alejandro Villanueva take reps. Villanueva, you know, is, is kind of supposed to be the starter at left yeah. tackle. Uh, Harris was brought in to help uh, push Villanueva. He struggled. Villanueva struggled against the Lions. I mean, and he, he was the first one to admit it as well. I mean, he, he did have that the, the penalties, and, and, I mean, he gave up a sack as well. It wasn't his best outing. Uh, that yeah, like yeah. Just I've never seen a guy so hard on himself than Villanueva. Yeah. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know if that's part of his military training, but when when something goes wrong, he really takes it really personally. It's, all, it's yeah. almost it's almost strange to, to when, hear him. When you ask the question, you don't even mean to like be that negative. And, and no, I completely agree. Sometimes he does like you know more than you'd expect. You know? Yeah, cheer up, Alex. It's only it's only a preseason game. It'll get better. But uh, uh, how do you see that position shaking out? Do you think it's Villanueva still? Yeah, I think it's his job to lose still. And I mean, I just think Ryan Harris is the perfect uh, utility, you know, backup lineman that he can he can play. He can step in for Marcus Gilbert if Gilbert were to go down on the other side, which I don't think Villanueva can do as a backup. And I mean, I think Villanueva has has been given every opportunity to take this starting job. It's his, his still his job to lose. I mean, from size wise and from the progression. 
uh, they've seen from like I mean we have to take into effect this he did not play offensive line throughout yeah. know, his entire yeah. college career he was a D end in Philadelphia where he got cut you know it, this is all new to him it like was, everything's new to him it was interesting when he was, when he was talking the other day he was talking about uh, uh, people don't understand he grew up playing soccer <laughs> and like football doesn't really necessarily come naturally to him yeah. so he doesn't like think like a football player sometimes so he's, he's still learning and learning but uh, during this camp I've been impressed obviously the offensive line is pretty good we know who's yeah. the five or six guys are going to be the starters but I've been kind of uh, impressed by some of the depth we've seen uh, along that line I didn't think that was really a strength coming in I know uh-huh. some people thought that and I think I'm kind of coming over to that that side where Chris Hubbard Chris Hubbard's been really impressed I mean he Play, you can play any line position, which yeah, that's hard to do. That, and that'll be a huge benefit uh, as well. I mean, because in years past, granted, we've seen the injuries, you know, especially to that offensive line. They've they've come about, and I mean, you got Cody Wallace too, another good backup, uh, dependable, someone who stepped in years past. Guard, center can do either or, and then I mean, you got youth too. Gerald Hawkins, another another draft pick that really has impressed uh, through camp that a lot of people labeled as more of a project than he still is. But I think he's a lot farther along than what people uh, would have expected. Yeah, I'd time. like to see him uh, get back in there. Uh, you know, Cody Wallace is kind of kind of proven. I thought he was, uh, you know, maybe a, a big reason that the Steelers were able to have some success last season, and why people consider him a Super Bowl contender. You know, you lose Marquise Pouncey, that's a huge loss. Yeah. And Cody Cody was able to go in there and, uh, you know, keep the Steelers afloat. So interesting to see uh, how some of these position battles will. Uh, uh, pan out just because the Steelers are leaving Latrobe, that doesn't necessarily mean that training camp is over. Obviously, there's still two preseason games, and we still have a few more weeks before uh, September 13 in, Wa- in Washington uh-huh. for Week One. So we will see how some of these uh, battles, you know, finally uh, work themselves out. When we come back, we'll be talking more about the Steelers and their preseason game two against Philadelphia. Okay, welcome back to the Steelers Cast on TimesOnline.com. I'm Chris Bradford. With Chris Mueller at Latrobe, we're looking forward to the Steelers' uh, second preseason game at Heinz Field versus Philadelphia. Uh, we learned a little bit about uh, some of the Steelers' uh, rookies uh, last week against Detroit. Uh, two of them, uh, one, well, one of them didn't play, Artie yeah. Burns. Uh, you said he was the guy you were looking forward most to seeing this week. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, just for the fact that we saw Sean Davis in action, saw, I mean, he took his lumps a little bit, Anquan Bolden uh, shook him off. He, you know, he missed some tackles, did some things well, uh, too. And now it's time to see Artie. Artie has been out in and out of practice through camp with uh, an undisclosed injury, nothing major, it's but quad, quad. But you know, he's he's working his way back, and and I mean, it's really it's. It's coming to the point now where you know everyone is looking to see what he can do in a game game like atmosphere. Yeah, we only saw him. With, I think it was the first five practices here in Latrobe, and you know he was going up against uh, Antonio Brown a lot and getting beat a lot, which is kind of to be expected. But uh, I think to uh, his credit, you know he's he, or to the Steelers' credit, they've put him out in those situations to kind of learn from from, uh, yeah. from those mistakes. And when you're going up against a guy like uh, Antonio Brown, you know there's going to be some mistakes made. I think you know. That's the one player I think, as a first-round pick, there's always going to be a lot of pressure on him, a lot of expectations. Yeah. And uh, the guy I was looking forward to, you mentioned a little bit there, was Sean Davis. Uh, he was so excited uh, after that game uh, Friday, you know, just for a preseason game to get out there. You know, he's been put into a kind of a difficult spot, having to learn or not learn, but play two positions and you know, kind of learn it at the professional level, uh, playing the nickel slot mm-hmm. uh, position and also at the free safety or a strong safety rather. Uh, you know, he, he did take his lumps there against Anquan Bolden, but I thought he kind of rebounded pretty well 
Uh, he, he just snuffed out that uh, screen, screen pass yeah. down near the goal line. Uh, you know, he's kind of a work in progress. Mike Tomlin was talking earlier today about uh, Davis, and he said, you know, he's going to be a lot better in three weeks than what he is now. And, and yeah. kind of that's the same in the same boat with a lot of these uh, rookie players. Right. This is the jump uh, after they get their first game experience and then they go back to the practice setting uh, in the preseason is when Tomlin said, you know, that's when you see, typically see, uh, a big jump in the in these first year guys so that remains to be seen over these next three games but it starts Thursday night and I mean the Steelers do play the Eagles again in the regular season come uh, week three so I wouldn't expect to see anything really vanilla. yeah it's gonna vanilla. be very vanilla very you know uh, stick sticking to the to the game plan nothing too uh, crazy there yeah we're gonna go Philadelphia in week four so that's about uh, well, five six weeks away so uh, yeah. week three yeah, week, week three. three. I'm getting yeah. my weeks mix, yeah. mixed up. Yeah. But, yeah, they, it's coming up fairly soon, so I don't expect the Steelers to show too much in this game. Obviously not going to play a lot of people, but uh, we can talk a little bit about that uh, next week when we uh, have another edition of the Steelers cast on timesonline.com. We'll, we, we'll be at Rooney Sports Complex next time. Yes, we will be back at the uh, team facility, which just underwent a $10 million renovation. Uh, hopefully it's done by then because I'd like <laughs> to see what they've done there, you know, from a – from a media standpoint, I just like to make sure I have my chair. You know, every week I go in, or every day, you know, you go into the practice facility, and everyone fights over the damn chairs. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, it's very hard to get a good rolling rocking chair. You know, not one of those folding chairs that we're sitting on right now. Not very comfortable, especially when you have to be there all day. Uh, but uh, that's enough of that. And uh, hopefully, you will. Uh, we'll talk to you then next week. For uh, Chris Mueller, I'm Chris Bradford. We'll see you next week.